Hello, Gus Bodenheim here on behalf of the Old Codgers Radio Program. We are hereby not only obligated but obliged, legally speaking, to speak legally with regard to revisions in our terms of service, including but not limited to recent modifications in our conditions of use with special bonus updates to our end-user license agreement. Please note that in the interest of clarity, we're dropping every whereas and passing the savings on to you. Now hear this. We hereby disclaim any and all warranties explicitly stated or implied in any previous iteration of this here, what I'm reading, with regard to intellectual property rights. The Old Codger Radio Program, LLC, reserves the right both hitherto and henceforth to assume ownership and free-range Roman rights over any content or concept given willingly or otherwise acquired in the course of spinning those classic 78s. World without end, amen. Courtney and staff disavow and poo-poo even any claims of discomfort, injury, humiliation, or financial ruin brought about by Rancho Malario, Sly Weasel, or any of the Del Barton products and or services advertised on the program. Abusive, sullen, dyspeptic, or snooty listeners will be terminated at the capricious whim of the old codger or any of his accredited representatives, ostensible associates, or convincing facsimiles thereof. Your radio will be seized. Your internet throttled. Any misuse, smarty pants deconstruction, willful disregard, or dim bulb misinterpretation of any aspect of this very thing I'm now laying out for you will result in immediate termination from all Codger-related activities and functions. You will be escorted from your place of listening, detained and re-educated. And so say all of us.
Well, good evening. This is Joel Kaiser here at WFMU, where that was the, the Georgia Browns uh, doing Decatur Street 81. Dodo Marmarosa, great bebop artist, did Dodo's Bounce. So look, this is Courtney T. Edison. I'm here every Tuesday night from 7 to 8. But not tonight. <laughs> oh, yes. Tonight. Tonight we're doing two full hours of the old codger's Circo uh, uh, Cheap Cigar Boudoir. That's right. We're, after this show, one hour, we're taking over the show that usually follows. It's called Maury's Coney Island. Uh, Maury, as he's Maury Gertz. Uh, he's the host of Maury's Coney Island. Uh, he, he's he's going to return next week, if if rumors are to be trusted. Check the radio listings in your local newspaper next week, and you'll see if Maury Gertz is coming back. Now look, wait a second. Hold on a second. Breaking news. That's right, breaking news here on the Old Codger Show. There's a new survey. It's conducted by uh, Del Barton Analytical Data Associates. It's DADA. Uh, this survey is reporting that the Old Codger Radio Program is the fastest growing WFMU show of all time. The previous record holder was the uh, Uppsala College uh, Lutheran Hour which dominated the airwaves on WFMU from 1960 to 1963. That was officially the fastest-growing show on WFMU, according to the record books. But we have shattered the record by becoming the fastest-growing WFMU show of all time. Now, how, how, how do you know, you ask? How do we know? How is our dominance quantified, you're wondering? Well, I'll tell you, it's very easy. Four things. Numbers, uh, data, uh, statistics, and science. Are you doubting the data? Are you anti-science? This is not raw data. This is refined data. Nothing is implied. It's conclusive. And it's smooth. Uh, We have proof. 90 proof. And smooth, like Sly Weasel bourbon. Now, the fact that we are the fastest-growing show... On WFMU, you may find this achievement dubious or mysterious. We, here on the Old Show, the team, the staff, we're ambivalent, okay? On the one hand, we are self-aware enough to recognize the superiority of our program content, which uh, the content speaks for itself. On the other hand, We are also self-aware enough to recognize that our content is superior because other WFMU shows never learned how not to suck. This isn't something they teach you in WFMU DJ boot camp. Hey, look, kid, when you host a radio show, be sure you don't suck. No, in fact, when aspiring WFMU DJs arrive at WFMU's doorstep and sometimes they're just left there, if they can prove... Their radio chops are mediocre at best, and their taste in music is merely wretched. That's a benchmark, wretched. Then they are invited to blight the airwaves of WFMU. It's a decades-long tradition here. So I slipped through the process. I was given a show here 30 years ago by this guy. Maybe some of you remember him. His name was David Newman Garden. He, he lives in Hawaii now, in a nudist colony. Uh, uh, some people thought 
It was the only mistake David Newman Garden ever made as a program director, you know, giving me a show. Well, there's scientific evidence to the contrary. In fact, at some point years after I was admitted to the staff, Newman Garden was subjected to what is known in the psychiatric community as, quote, a sanity check. Well, I, you know, I'm not at liberty to disclose the results, but I, well, I am allowed to speculate. There's a very strong likelihood that he failed. In which case, the question is, why did WFMU let him go? Anyway, we got 120 minutes of music tonight and a little bit of monologues, uh, mic breaks, and some Gus Bodenheim. Oh, he's got some special features tonight. But let's get out. We have major motion picture soundtracks coming up. Two full hours of the old codger. So let's get back to the fine music right now.
Chicago is all east, but I think I'm gonna cut on out of this town. Cause it's really bringing me down. Everything is all reading here, but I don't know. I think I'll cut along South Parkway and see what Rooty. No, I guess I better take the bus on downtown and grab the train and cut out since I have my ticket.
Look like you can't get enough. Fix your pot of soup and make you drink it up. So keep on eating. Oh, keep on eating. Keep on eating, baby, till you get enough. You don't like nobody's cooking but mine. Get up in the morning, fix you a You got a bad cold and you 
That was uh, Joe Venuti and uh, Eddie Lang. Joe Venuti on the fiddle and Eddie Lang on the guitar. And that was called Cheese and Crackers. It's kind of a music, uh, 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 food-related set there because we heard Keep On Eating before that by Memphis Mini. The Lacuno, uh, the Cuban boys, maybe I didn't pronounce that. Let me get that bet straight. Lacuona, Cuban boys. There we go. I see, I know. Uh, Slim Gaylord before that with Traveling Blues. We're going to hear another one from Slim Gaylord later on in the program because we got two hours tonight. That's right, two hours of the Orchester. Red Norvo opened up that set with Blues in E flat. Now it's time for the Orchester mailbag. That's right, we love, we get letters from people. We love, we love most of those letters that come in from the listeners that get mailed to me to my bunker in East Orange. Most of them arrive with uh, uncanceled stamps. It appears that the, the U.S. Postal Service has fired all the stamp cancelers. So uh, we steam off those uncanceled stamps uh, off the envelopes and we reuse them. <laughs> that saves us some money. Now, this one is apparently from a very sweet lady who swoons every week when she tunes in to the Old Codger Radio Show. So I'm going to read her letter here. She writes, I love listening. She doesn't sound like this. I'm sure she doesn't. But anyway, it's the only voice I know. She says, I love listening to the Old Codger every week. He thrills me. I get chills up my spine. He makes me swoon. He's such a manly man. When he said a few weeks ago that he could go all night, <laughs> I felt tingling all over my body. I thought, if Courtney hosted a radio show all night, I would listen to every minute. That, that, it's not what I was alluding to when I said I could go all night. Anyway, back to the letter. She continues. Despite what some people think, the codger's voice is not shrill. It's velvety. The, the word velvety is derived from Velveeta, one of the world's Finest delicacies. Valvida, she misspelled it here, she spelled it Valvida, uh, is, uh, she says, is the epitome of a smooth, processed cheese product. So the comparison is apt and flattering. Long live the codger. Please send me an autographed photo so I can pin it up in my bedroom. Signed, Douglas, Douglas H. Where? Uh, Douglas can be a woman's name. Wait, there's a, there's a photo with the letter. D Douglas appears to be a very husky-looking young woman. She has a beard. Well, anyway, uh, always great to get the fan letters from you listeners out there. Maybe put your names up at the top of the letter, okay? Anyway, look, right now, we have a very special feature here. On the Orchestra Radio Show. This is part one of a two-part feature for tonight from Gus Bodenheim. He's going to be talking about his brother, the, the, the literary titan, 
Maxwell Bodenheim. You've heard of him. Look him up. Maxwell Bodenheim. Well, anyway, the, the Maxwell Bodenheim Diaries. There's a gilded edition that's being published. So here is uh, Gus Bodenheim, his brother, to explain about this marvelous new publication. Hello, I'm Gus Bodenheim, speaking on behalf of Del Barton Press and its new prestige imprint, Bodenheim Books. We're proud to announce a gilded edition of the hitherto unpublished Maxwell Bodenheim Diaries, spanning a half century of the life, loves, and literature of my brother Max, who, in a forest of self-indulgent saplings, surely stood as a towering oak of degeneracy. From the very first diary, kept in a ledger book from Pocorny Meets, Chicago, circa 19-something teen, to the final collection of entries scrawled on brown paper, which stop abruptly in February 1954. Now, there is a journal from 1958, but it is widely regarded as a quick cash forgery. Paranormal experts disagree, but consider the source. These precious pages clear up many mysteries surrounding Maxwell's life and debunk common misconceptions, such as claims that Max was often, quote, drunk by noon, unquote. As the diaries make clear, my brother rarely rose before 1 p.m., giving the lie to such slander. Today, we'll give you a sneak preview of some of the exciting contents of the Maxwell Bodenheim Diaries. April 6th, 1917. Marianne Moore gave me the glad eye, but I wouldn't jazz that one with Ezra Pound's Hey Nani Nani and blame it on Wallace Stevens. Say what you will, I've got my standards. January 8th, 1919. Had a high time at Tuesday's literary luncheon. Got socked in the nose at some point and made a little too free with Adelina, a Romanesque chippy of astonishing proportions. But here's the catch. She has a big brother in the black hand who wants a word with me. I've got to lay low. November 2nd, 1925. I hear that Dreiser's excreted a new one called American Tragedy, an apt description of his career. I'm thinking of posting him a copy of my own replenishing Jessica. Perhaps he'll pick up a few tips on the craft. Stay tuned for further excerpts from the Maxwell Bodenheim Diaries. Young girl was more than glad of saying G.I. boys are very nice. They make Trinidad like paradise. Drinking rum and Coca-Cola, going down point Kumana. Father, mother and daughter, working for the Yankee dollar. Money in the land, the Yankee dollar Manzanilla Beach, G.I. romance with native peach. Friends, it is a pleasure to see love making under the bamboo tree. Drinking rum and Coca-Cola, going down point Kumana. Father, mother, and daughter, working for the Yankee dollar. Money in the land, the Yankee dollar. The native 
girls can cut a rug You should see them dancing like a jitterbug They get hip to the Yankee jive On the dance floor you should see them glide Drinking rum and Coca-Cola Going down Point Kumana Father, mother and daughter Working for the Yankee dollar Money in the land The Yankee dollar day. In old Trinidad when I was there Financial condition was very fair But now in this 20th century They're spending their money on luxury Drinking rum and Coca-Cola Going down Point Kumana Father, mother and daughter Working for the Yankee dollar Money in the land The Yankee dollar Andrew sisters and Bing Crosby must take a trip to the West Indies. Sit down under the silvery moon and hear the Calypsonians croon. Drinking rum and Coca-Cola, going down Point Kumana. Father, mother and daughter working for the Yankee dollar. Trinidadian girls are very nice They go out to picnics day and night The G.I. say that they treat them right When they dish them out a plate of barefoot rice Drinking rum and Coca-Cola Going down Point Kumana Father, mother and daughter Working for the Yankee dollar The Yankee dollar Just the same When it comes to a good time There are always game They will eat and drink As long as it's free That's the policy of the West Indies Drinking rum and Coca-Cola Going down Point Kumana Father, mother and daughter Working for the Yankee dollar Money in the land The Yankee dollar pay. They will leave for the Spain at the break of day In a taxi cab bound for Tetron Bay With rum and coke, everything to eat That's what we call a West Indian feast Drinking rum and Coca-Cola Going down Point Kumana Father, mother and daughter Working for the Yankee dollar Money in the land The Yankee dollar pay. These girls don't know what it is all about When the liquor is in, the wits is out They will start a fight on Henry Street And attract the policeman on the beat Drinking rum and Coca-Cola Going down Point Kumana Father, mother and daughter Working for the Yankee dollar Money in the land The Yankee dollar I know that I am right Trinidad is a paradise You always have plenty money to spend Then you will have a nice girlfriend Drinking rum and Coca-Cola Going down Point Coma 
So those were the Cook sisters. And make my cot, where the cot, cot, cotton grows. Before that was Blind Blake. Now, that was a, an, an unissued take of Dry Bone Supper. I have it. I got it. I acquired it, let's just say. Okay, just leave it at that. Don't go into the details. If I see you, sometime you may, maybe you're in my bunker or something, I'll tell you the story of how I acquired that. Uh, Wilbur Houdini, we heard uh, rum and Coca-Cola parts one and two. Now, Gus Bodenheim was doing uh, just uh, readings from the, the Maxwell Bodenheim Diaries. Well, we're going to have part two in the second hour. That's right, two hours tonight of the old Kaiser Radio Show. 78 RPM glory for 120 minutes because we're taking over Maury's Coney Island, the Trados, normally. Now, it's a special time in the program, as many of you have come to expect it. It's time for a, to, to, as to air a soundtrack of a major motion picture. So, this one is uh, it's got the great Jewish actress, Betty Boop. And uh, now, her co-star in this one, and this uh, major motion picture is called Hot Air Salesman. It's starring, along with Betty Boop, is Wiffle Piffer. Now, Wiffle Piffer was a glamorous leading man in Hollywood for many years. Look, look for photos of him in the popular movie magazines of the day. You'll see. You can find him in the library. Uh, he was romantically linked with many legendary hot patooties of filmland. Anyway, so he's in, uh, Wiffle Piffer is in uh, this hot air salesman with Betty Boop. Now, this was an Academy Award-winning performance in Hot Air Salesman. So after this one, he uh, was being considered for the role of Rhett Butler in Gone with the Wind. Well, it, it came down to Clark Gable, Gary Cooper, and Wiffle Piffer. Now, we think they made the wrong choice, but we're not film directors. We're not casting directors either. But we do appreciate uh, the, mo the major motion picture soundtracks of the movies starring Wiffle Piffer. And this is one. So this major motion picture, Hot Air Salesman, it features many supporting roles, uh, cameos, walk-ons, and bodily fluids uh, by and from, let's see, there's uh, Nola Bamber. Then there's Ronnie Rooney. No relation to Mickey. That the paternity test was negative. Then the legendary blues master, Salt Pork Porter, but, but he does not sing in here. Then there's Billy Bob and Bubba Bodenheim, the twins. That's right, uh, Billy Bob, the girl, was taller. Then there's uh, Peggy Puckermouse, her nickname was Dimples. Uh, then there's Quirky Lambrewster, his uh, nickname was Quirky. Then there's uh, Dick Fletcher, uh, they, they called him Droopy, uh, Droopy Dick Fletcher because he, uh, never mind. Then there's Plato Beanstalk. Then Clevis Multram. And I think uh, Jemima Mousley is also in this major motion picture. Hot Air Salesman, starring Betty Boop and Whiffle Piffle. This is the soundtrack we're about to hear on the Old Codger Radio Show on WFMU. Mm-hmm. 
selling something new in household articles. Oh, 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 what a robust woman. <laughs> Clothesline. <laughs> now watch. This rocket is a new racket. It not only cleans the clothes, but dries them at the same time. It goes around and around and shoots out there. Now, last but not least, is this super heterodyne vacuum. <laughs> Ta-da! Oh, no. <laughs> I expect to clean up on this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll demonstrate it to you. Seems to be a short here, so I... Oh, oh, oh. 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 O
Virtue's had manner for dignity lurks in the shadows of Debrett. But fate threw a spanner smack into the works, tarnishing her coronet. Three large sons were born to her, but one sad mourn to her, there came a premonition of regret. Said the Duchess, well, something doesn't gel. Said the Duchess, well, hell. Imagine the Duchess's feelings on having hatched out her brood to find her first son was weak though well-mannered, her second rather stupid and her third plain rude. Her eldest son, when in trouble, went white. Her second son looked blue and hung his head. But imagine the Duchess's feelings when her youngest son went red. She sent them to Eton traditional youth, was theirs whatever else they got. But nothing could sweeten the bitterest truth that baby wasn't quite so hot. High life gave no joy to him, the high polloi to him provided something that his peers did not. Said her grace aghast, is it going to last? Said her grace aghast, blast. Imagine the Duchess's feelings, you could have pierced her with swords when she discovered her youngest liked Lenin and sold the daily worker near the House of Lords. Her eldest son went to Boodles and Whites, her second joined the blues his father led. But imagine the Duchess's feelings when her youngest son went red. Imagine the Duchess's feelings, her overwhelming despair, to find her third son hobnobbed with the butler and sang the international in Belgrave Square. Her first son's debts bled the family white, her second son blewed everything and fled. But imagine the Duchess's feelings when the apple of her eye went red. Poor Mammy, her youngest son went red. Just begun, dear. The day is done, dear. 
music there from the lovely Ruth Edding. That was uh, Ruth Edding with uh, At Sundown. Uh, before that, Noel Coward singing a very interesting topical song, Imagine the Duchess's Feelings. George Formby sang the Lancashire Torridor, and uh, we heard the soundtrack from the major motion picture, Hot Air Salesman, starring the great Jewish actress Betty Boop and the glamorous, uh, strapping, what a handsome hunk he was, Whiffer Piffer. Well, you know, you, usually at this time, I'm signing off the radio, turning the radio station off for tonight, and you can all go somewhere. Well, not, don't go away. We have a whole nother hour. That's right. First, let me say, this is uh, the old Codger, and this is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, in New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM, and online at WFMU.org. So tonight, we're doing two hours. That's right. We're not going anywhere. We're staying right here. We're taking over Maury's Coney Island. Uh, for this week only, for a limited time, act now. This offer expires at 9 p.m. tonight. We have a limited number of minutes left, so don't miss out. Operator is standing by. Listen now and tell your friends. What do you mean you have no friends? Well, if you have no friends, you can consider us your buddies. Just don't don't get too familiar. Or assume that you can drop in any time. Or, or that we want to sit around and listen to you bemoan your fate and commiserate about your problems. Especially when you've been drinking. We've been empathied out since 1931. So look, you've got five minutes. Then move on. Now look, here on the Old Kaiser Show, unlike other shows on WFMU, we play commercials. We sell airtime so we can pay the bills around here because we don't feel we can really count on the listeners to support this show with their donations. Uh, we're not that naive. So we have commercials. So here's a very important uh, announcement, a commercial s- sponsor. And here is the great Unita Bodenheim. Uh, this is Gus's sister with this uh, commercial sponsorship for the Orkaja Radio Show. Some lucky women have husbands who take trips overseas to foreign climes as far afield as Manitoba and smuggle back exquisite underwear. Some lucky girls have generous fathers who do the same. Now every woman can have glamorous underlovelies with that no-bulge Canuck look. Made popular worldwide by Canada's women in the know, the Desjardins Candériere is exotic international underwear straight from our neighbor to the north's fashion capital, Winnipeg. And due to a recent detente in U.S.-Canadian arms talks, legally available stateside for the first time. The Candariere is made of 60% CanCon compliant materials and its innovative adjustable riveting gives you whatever shape you need when you need it. Sport it under your swimsuits, evening gowns, golfing togs, even rompers. And dusting need no longer be drudgery when you've got a Candariere under your house dress. Do you like to walk? Return to a more natural gait. You can even indulge your love of doubles tennis. The Candariere's space-age can-elastic construction is precision-engineered to prevent the audible squelches and squeaks brought on by vigorous movement in your other girdles. Going on a hot date? No more worries if your bow gets a little grabby in the back seat. 
with a silky smooth skin-like texture that molds to your every curve. The Ken Derriere's front and rear modesty panels feature an outer sheath of injection molded silicone that will fool even the most experienced of hands. While the optional security panel with the micro combination lock ensures that you can still walk down the aisle in white one day. The Ken Derriere comes in diverse colors. Choose flesh, medium, ebony, or saran. All feature a secret gardenia scented sachet. It's hidden in the waistband to keep you fresh and lovely even on the hottest days and nights. Who knows what volatile international politics may bring, so get a Desjardins can derriere while they're no longer contraband. Carried exclusively by Del Barton Intimates, you can now ask for it by name.
everyone in town knew all about her. Neighbors used to pass her with a frown. They would point her out and tell you things about the wildest gal in town. Because she was the life of every party. Wore the cutest hat, the smartest gown. It was understood she'd never be much good. The wildest gal in town. Maybe she danced a little too much. Was that so terribly wrong? Might have romanced a little too much. Waiting for the right man to come along. See that mother with those lovely children. There she is, that's little Sally Brown. And when you hear her name, just tell them what became of the wildest gal in little Sally Brown and when you hear her name just tell them what became of the wildest gal in town Miss Rosalind Huntington Day, a society girl faintly gay. While dining one night, said, God, let's get tight, order brandy and wine right away. So they drank and they drank and they drank and they drank till they drank themselves to El Morocco. How they got there, who would know, who would care, but they ordered four more sick, sick, socko. Let us dance, said Miss Day in her inimitable way, getting up, overturning the table. Just skip the debris. Let's dance before we're unable. At the first pirouette, the fashionable set whispered Rosalind stinking, upset her. But among those to ogle, there was a Hollywood mogul who saw more than the rest and said, I think I'll get her. So Rosalind Huntington Day, very soon toward the west, was away. 
Now her name was the first thing to change. It became Rosalinda Lestrange. Her features were lightened, her hair was so brightened, on the street she appeared to have mange. She was sloppy and careless in dressing. Couldn't sing, couldn't dance, poor at reading. She photographed badly, drank constantly, madly, so they billed her the lady of breeding. She loathed everything about pictures, excepting her large weekly check. This, she said, I'll acknowledge to send mother through college, that degenerated, enervated wreck. Miss Rosalind Huntington Day, as you see, was now well on her way. There came the glorious Hollywood dawn. Rosalind Lestrange, new cinema star, mobbed at preview, clothes torn to shreds by insane audience, buys ranch and raises ducks. Rosalind Lestrange, crowned greatest artist since Berenhardt, buys yacht and raises salary. Rosalind Lestrange demands only Max Reinhardt, buys classics and raises Shakespeare. Rosalind Lestrange dying. President declares legal holiday. Nation urged to prayer. New slogan of the world is your little boy on his knees. Miss Rosalind Huntington Day. With life slyly slipping away, said the show must go on, I have found. Quick, 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 action, camera, sound. I owe so much to you people out here, which reminds me, send mother my check for this year, my bonus for living in this god-awful waste, where the flowers don't smell and the fruit has no taste, where everyone's nearly as stupid as I, but oh, so very few get the break and can die, oh. They covered her face with a beautiful sheet, all made of gold threads, the studio's treat. And they never admitted the interesting fact that throughout her career, Rosalind couldn't act. Very nice, nice story there from Bruce Fletcher, which is called Miss Day. Uh, Duke Ellington and his orchestra before that, the vocal was by Dolores Parker, and she was singing a song called The Wildest Gal in Town here on the Old Kaiser Radio Show, where we're playing a lot of 78s tonight because we got two full hours because we've taken over Maury's Coney Island for tonight. Lionel Belasco and his orchestra did Juliana. Edmund Hall uh, with Jammin' in Four. And uh, Hoagie Carmichael playing the piano, solo piano there on a, uh, a piece called Cosmics. And thanks to Unita Bodenheim, for the commercial up at the top of the hour. Now, we have another one coming up here. It's part two. Uh, you know, uh, it's Gus Bodenheim. Now, one of Gus Bodenheim's new books, I announced last week he's got six new books. He signed a six-book deal with a, with a new publisher. They're not written yet, but we had all the titles last week. And one of them is entitled, Yes, That's My Rectum. Now, Bodenheim Books which is a division of Del Barton Press, is proud to announce the sale of the German language rights for this work, which uh, the book will be titled Ja, Das ist mein Rectum. This is very exciting news for, well, for people who only read German anyway and who want to read Gus's literary exertions translated into unpronounceable polysyllabic gibberish with umlauts and, and also, hey, don't forget the deluxe edition, also just published, of uh, Gus's recent pop boiler. It's called A Fistful of Chuck. And it has uh, the, the, the deluxe edition, just published, has all the pages in the correct order, and the plagiarism has been omitted. So a deluxe edition of A Fistful of Chuck 
It is published by Simon and Shoestar, uh, also that was announced last week. Now, sometimes, I think some of you listeners are not paying attention to when I talk, because I got several phone calls over the weekend asking, when is the deluxe edition of A Fistful of Chuck, without the mistakes, when is it going to be published? Even though I talked about it last week on the radio show. Now, perhaps these people calling were spies, colluding with Fablio. I don't know. Then there's, there's some numbskull called me, accused Gus Bodenheim of lying. He said he was issuing statements that were at odds with re- reality. Well, look, <clears throat> Gus says a lot of, a lot of stuff. Uh, some of those things he says are true, and some are not. Uh, and some are sort of true, and some are sort of not true. Gus is a blessing and a curse, okay? He's a blurse. At any rate, whether what Gus said on any particular date is true is subject to what you might want to scientifically call statistical probability, okay? By the law of averages, any time that Gus opens his mouth and words come out, there's a fair chance that you can rely on his observations. Or not. Just do the math, okay? Anyway, look, here is part two, I promise you, part two of uh, uh, Gus Bodenheim uh, doing readings from the gilded edition of the Maxwell Bodenheim Diaries. Here are a few more sneak previews from the Maxwell Bodenheim Diaries. May 17, 1928. Got thrown down the stairs again at a Webster Hall costume revel. When I came to, my attending nurse was a pre-Raphaelite dream named Audrey. She gave me the bedbath of a lifetime, so I wrote her a poem. Her deep appreciation was obvious and touching. October 2nd, 1930. Hungover, badly beaten. Unsure why exactly, the last two days are a bit of a blur. But I've apparently come up with a comprehensive list of unlikely adverb-adjective combinations sure to make my poetry earnestly corrosive. Can't wait to rub it in Sandberg's face, that ghoulish purveyor of penny doggerel. August 15th, 1945. Yesterday was VJ Day, and unsurprisingly it was post-time for virgins eager for celebratory deflowering. Enter Julianne, a quick improvised patriotic stanza, a few gin rickies, and we're off to the races. God bless America. August 12th, 1952, a self-professed poet named Ginsberg introduced himself to me as I was vomiting behind the Cafe Quattro. Before I could respond, he'd spotted a 13-year-old newsboy walking by and was off. I'm not so sure about these new poets.
this is Courtney, Oh, guys are here at WFMU you're probably wondering why I'm on the radio now. Well, if you just tuned in, I'm, I'm taking over tonight for Maury's Coney Island. He'll be uh, maybe back next, Maury might be back next week. Maybe. We'll see about that. But look, the, I'm, I'm going to give you the playlist, all the music you just heard. But then we're going to have something really special. So don't go away. This is going to be a real treat. So uh, that was the Bebop Boys with Web City. Before that, uh, Frank Sokolow's Duke Quintet with Reverse the Charges. We heard uh, the, uh, Paul Whiteman and his concert orchestra with one of the movements, it was the second movement, of Gershwin's Piano Concerto in F. And uh, thanks to Gus for the reading from uh, his brothers, uh, Maxwell's, uh, Bodenheim Diaries. Uh, we will have more in future shows, more readings, from the, the Gilded Edition of the Maxwell Bodenheim Diaries. Now, this is the WFMU, or Codger. We're about to air another major motion picture soundtrack. Now, because this is not technically our radio show, <laughs> Old Codger's usually not on from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Uh, this hour is usually hosted by Maury's uh, Coney Island. Uh, despite the fact that there is a standing injunction prohibiting us, uh, the old Codger show, from airing soundtracks of major motion pictures starring a certain unnamed amphibian, uh, well, we're going to air one of those soundtracks now. Our lawyer has suggested that just to be safe, we refer to the star of this major motion picture in German. It's a uh, Flip der Frosch. Yes. Anyway, when the lawyers for Flip der Frosch uh, find out that we aired the sound, or that the soundtrack was aired uh, of this major motion picture, we will insist that we are uh, complying with the injunction and that we're not airing soundtracks from major motion pictures starring uh, Flip der Frosch. We will blame Maury. That's, that's right. Maury Gertz. Uh, host of Maury's Coney Island. They can sue him. Maury has plenty of cash. Maury Gertz is heir to the Gertz shirts fortune. So anyway, won't he be surprised when he comes in next week and finds that they're, they're, they're issuing him a subpoena? <laughs> Tough luck, Maury. Anyway, so here we go. Shh, shh, shh. It's a soundtrack from a major motion picture starring uh, Flip the Frosh.
Well, unfortunately, as I said earlier, I could go all night, but they're not going to allow that here on WFMU, at least not not tonight. But it's been great for having two full hours. We took over Maury's Coney Island this evening. Maybe Maury will be back next week. Maybe. You never know. Anyway, uh, that was Cliff Jackson's Crazy Catch and Desert Brews. Uh, before that, Blind Blake and Charlie Spann with uh, Hastings Street. And we heard the soundtrack. Well, Maury, Maury's Coney Island aired the soundtrack of the Cuckoo Murder Case, starring Flip Derfrosh here. And uh, anyway, this is Courtney. I'll be back next week at 7 o'clock on, on Tuesday here at uh, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in uh, New York City and Rockland County, 91.9 FM online at WFMU.org. I'm going home right now to my pouting shanty, and I'm going to get absolutely plushed to the scuppers. I'm 